0: Signs of the Southland, August 15th, Monday. It is, wow, it's almost nighttime in Atlanta. It's it's a it's been a very long day, but we are about to close it out with our annual volleyball preview. We'll get to that in a minute. But Mr. Grant, I hear that there is some news we want to cover before we get there.
1: Yes, yes. Um is this on? I I believe you had a joke that you have told us like four times. Do you want, would you like to
0: tell the joke? I can't take this away from you, buddy. Buddy, let me let me tell you. Let me set this up for you. Georgia Tech volleyball has released its non-conference schedule for twenty two volleyball volleyball women's basketball. Georgia Tech, sir. Georgia Tech women's basketball. Excuse me, we're talking about volleyball later. Women's basketball has released its non-conference schedule for twenty two twenty three. And let me tell you. Mr. Purdy and Mr. Grant, it is truly a non-con schedule as it does not feature the return game to the University of Connecticut. It features Georgia State, Kennesaw State, Auburn, Georgia, Uh, a Gulf Coast Invitational, I believe that's November 25th through 27th, the ACC Big Ten Challenge at Michigan State Uh, at Belmont, uh, home versus CMU, and then home versus Furman, I believe most of those dates were set before we've gone over this before, uh, but it was finalized last week. So we did want to share the rest of the schedule and also the very bad dad joke and pun that came along with it. Mr. Purdy, give us the last news update for the week. Yes, this
2: afternoon, uh the 2025 and 2026 College Football Playoff National Championship game locations were revealed, 2025 or at least r- r- reportedly that what they were what they will eventually be uh proclaimed to be. Um the CFP did not actually release his info quite yet. Um but Atlanta will be getting the game back in 2025, which is for now the last contracted year of the CFP. Um and then 2026 will be back in Miami assuming the CFP still is the Championship format of choice by then. I was gonna I think say it's
0: the twenty-five season, so that the that, that's why they announced Miami because twenty-six oh, uh, national oh, okay. title game is the twenty-five season. But yeah, you're you're on the money there. Yeah. So I was
1: gonna say that'd be that'd be pretty awkward if there was you know competing competing hosts sites or yeah. I, so I, I, it's work. funny that
0: you bring that up. Because that's basically what happened to the 2025 game. Because for some reason, the college football playoff committee didn't realize that the Consumer Electronics Show is in Vegas at the exact same time that they wanted to do the national championship game. So you have a bunch of nerds that are booking hotels already in – and I say nerds with love. Uh, There are a bunch of nerds that are booking hotels for CES already probably in 2025. And so they just – they just had to move it. They couldn't put it in Vegas.
1: That's the biggest like trade show in the world. So I mean, it's gotten smaller post pandemic, eh, but yes, I agree. Really? Well, Well, I mean, to, to do the what monthly uh, left turn of this podcast into aviation, it's, it's certainly an interesting week to look at look at schedules because those are all over the place, but that's, that's a time for another podcast. Not, uh, not with, what we've got going on here
0: today yes what we got going on today is a three-set match in honor of our volleyball preview so let's tip it off for set one let's start with the season review of 2021 how far did georgia tech volleyball get how far didn't they get right that's really the question here all they didn't get Imagine asking that of
2: a Georgia Tech team. How far you didn't get?
0: (laughs) Uh, That the answer for that one is longer than it is for longer for some than it is for others. But to actually get to the point, Georgia Tech volleyball made it to the Elite Eight. They played the University of Louisville in their elite Elite, the Elite Eight matchup and lost in three sets to one. Um Louisville uh, advanced to the final four. They lost to Nebraska. nebraska uh nebraska the eventual national champions this uh, is the farthest that m- m- georgia w- Tech. wisconsin 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 was wisconsin. The, national champions?
2: the other the other red team with the single letter logo
0: they look the exact From the same Big Ten. they From look the Big exact Ten. same i'm not paid to be accurate on this podcast i'm just paid to make some hot takes
1: and I, i gotta say i gotta say we went from having one ACC team qualify for the Final Four ever in the history of the conference to two in the same year, and tantalizingly, tantalizingly <laughs> close to an All ACC championship in what what would have been Pitt versus Louisville three. Um,
0: so definitely, Which definitely, I think we would have had so to pay some money to, to watch that. I like you know, yeah. Not to it, make this an ACC volleyball podcast, but man, that pit Pitt Louisville three would have been a banger and not just say that the national championship game last year wasn't, that was, was an amazing was still a match.
2: Great game. Yeah, that was great.
0: It was an amazing match. And if you have, it's probably on YouTube, or it's probably on e, uh, on ESPN replays, go back and watch it, but we're not here to talk about Nebraska and Wisconsin. We're here to talk about Georgia tech. So we will cut that, nip that tangent in the bud. Georgia tech finished uh, 26 and six. They finished ninth in the Husker geek Viper rankings. That is an advanced stat advanced, uh, advanced ranking system much along the lines of S- sp plus for football they outperformed their pythagorean projection based on their uh based on their points scored uh they were projected to go 23 and 9 so they tagged on three more wins There's something interesting that we picked up when we were going through their set records before we started recording in three set games in games that went three sets tech went 16 and 2 four set games they went nine and three and then in five set games they went one and one, and it, uh, Jake, you brought up a really good point. It's interesting to see how good they were, it, especially when they played so few games and so few sets, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, uh, it, it it just shows how efficiently that they that they were winning, right? So you're seeing those three set games. That means there were 16 sweeps. Um, in in I guess that's what is it. 32 games that's that's a pretty good margin there and and then among those other 16 you know you had the six losses and and 10 wins of of longer than three sets but not not to say it's not surprising that they were very good because it, it wasn't they were they were very good regardless of how um how long they played but but they kept the other team off the floor and uh and really I think it shows that that's kind of a, a stat that belies their transition from a really good team to a really great team uh, in that, you know, they they weren't letting teams hang around, you know, taking them in five, uh, taking them in four. So definitely uh, an interesting thing to see there. And and maybe, you know, we we take a look after this season and and see how that number looks and compare it to the past uh, past couple of years.
0: Yeah, just to keep the ball rolling here, uh, Georgia Tech had two Viper second team All-Americans, Julia Bergman and Mariana Brambia. Brambia even got a nice little banner in O'Keefe, which uh, which Chuck saw on his little visit to the gold and white game. You can check that article and that recap out on from the RumbleSeat.com after, or maybe even during listening to this podcast. I think the bottom line, gentlemen, here is that this was... I think unequivocally, the best season in program history. Is that fair to say, Mr. Grant?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I just want to follow it up with Bergman uh, is probably going to get that banner uh, pending the, the the finish of her actual career on the flats. I would hate to see them have to print off another banner because, you know- Oh it, no, it's... another banner to put up in O'Keefe. Oh no. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a train I have uh, been on for a long time and it was really great to see them um one hang the nivc banner after a couple years and then really replace the you know sweet 16 elite eight um type stuff that they had um back when all the banners were literally yellow and blue in there so uh definitely o'keefe is is looking a little bit more on brand and and you know the three of us love to talk brand so
2: they they look good they're the the uh, the twenty twenty one digits are up now in their appropriate locations as well, which is good. And Brambia's is backlit. It's in it's. They put it over the one spot where this going to O'Keefe. So I thought there was a, a like a, a light fixture on. I'm like, I can't tell where this is coming from. And then there's a window. There's one window in that whole room, and that's where it was coming that's from. That's very nice. That's cool.
0: There's some I, interesting I mean, so... metaphors in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, best season in program history uh I said, there was a joke I wanted to make uh the branding. There's a fantastic article about uh Georgia Tech's new uniforms in terms of branding uh from Jack as well on the website from the Rumble seat. Oh, it. from the- Wow it's like we write about sports and we work for a sports website or something. <laughs> Who knew? Let's talk. Let's move on. Let's talk about major roster changes. And I think we can't really start that conversation without talking first about Mariana Brambia, the aforementioned Viper All-American, the AVCA All-American, uh, who now it plays Pro Ball in Greece, I believe, for Penthaniakos. Uh the last time that I checked, which was a little bit ago uh jake you you have watched Brumpia's, i think entire career right i think she was a freshman basically the same time you were give give me some words here about how she, what she's meant to the program during her tenure you
1: know that's that's a sign we've been doing this too long Akshay, i think i was a junior uh her freshman year but yeah. um i mean it, there there's a lot that you can uh that you can say about really on on a lot of levels all of these departures that we're going to that we're going to touch on, but uh, between Brambia and, and I would say Michaela Dowd um, that first season uh, that they were both on the flats. uh, I think it was Cody Comby was up the, up the middle on that team. Oh, I remember. it was the year after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, no, the, just the the kind of, I guess initial build uh, seems like it was a really long time ago, but if you, if you rewind the clock, it's only really been, four seasons, uh, since, uh, Brambia and Dow joined and and Tippett and McKissick Kaser, uh, joined a team that was middling at best. Uh, they were about 500 the year before that, um, 2016 great team, honestly, probably a tournament snub, but, um, really just raised the floor, I think for the program more than anything, um, showing, Hey, yes, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to go out and, and recruit not just you know brazil and and obviously our staff is awesome at doing that uh, between coach collier uh between claudio you know and, and all those connections they have there you know um the the cult following following if you will that we can already see rising up around you know like julia bergman uh from her time in the vpl or vnl uh last summer but um really to kind of get it back on track you can you can see um Kayla Kaisers from Louisville, McKissick from Florida, Dowd from Illinois, um, Tippet, I think, local. Um, so really just all all over the world. And it, it takes a lot of those pieces to hit and and the fact that that they all really contributed, uh, whether that was throughout their career uh or different times in different ways. Um, I think it just goes to show that, uh, not only were they exceptional and starting right away in a lot of cases, or, or at least getting playing time, but the fact that the depth, uh, was at such a high level, um, by the time they all left that, you know, Tippett, Dowd, uh, McKissick, um, Kaiser, uh, they were all, uh, you know, really, really sharing the load, sharing the role, um, uh, on the, on the court as well. And I, I think that shows, uh. Really the high level that the, the team has really risen to. And you can't do that without uh laying the groundwork somewhere. And uh, you know, it, it it's a team, obviously Georgia Tech has been to the Elite Eight before, but that was all the way back in 03. And uh, you know, you can you can see it in every sport, uh, in, in every conference, that it doesn't it, it's a lot easier to go down than up. And the fact that they were able to do it uh as fast as they did really is a testament, not just to Brambia, but this entire Uh, entire core which i believe uh started if not their first year then their second year winning like 18 games straight so i I think that's a nice little encapsulation uh uh, of that team in addition to all of their more famous accolades if you will Sorry, a little bit rambling but you know that's what you sign up for when when you ask me to talk about the uh emotional connection to tech uh sports and, and
0: iconic figures of of the flats we can always count on you to be a vibes guy I think is the uh, uh the summary there, Jack. Oh, I want to ask wait. you the same question uh, because you're a year younger than us and you kind of timed up well with this entire class as well. What was your sense of the impact of of Mariana Brambia? Um,
2: the emotional center of the team, by far. She was the. I mean, Bergman could kickstart the gate, could kickstart a, a run at any point, but Rambia would do it with a lot of with just absolute ferocity every time that she I mean if you saw her flying from the back I mean her picture on the banner is her flying in from the back for a spike I mean it's or for a kill I mean once you saw it coming you're just like oh here it comes here it comes and it's it was of the most fun things to watch on campus um and yeah it's darn right she she should be pro like I I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that because she will a smack the ball in your face but then also just back it up. If this was basketball, she would be stepping over people after dunking on them. Like that's that's the kind of that's what we're dealing with here. Um, so it was it it, it matched it, it it brought so much to the how the the perfect small arena vibe that O'Keefe has and Brambia was very much a tone setter. So that's why if for me going to matches last year, I'll know this is here's the secret I haven't let out. Last year was the first time ever went to any matches. So free last year i can't tell you a thing what happened but last year i can tell you that's a lot. what jake is for yeah uh but yeah no that's that's what i saw a lot last year
0: uh real time follow up i uh checked the pentaniakos roster and she's actually currently not listed so oh. um i don't know where she plays <laughs> uh that is somewhere uh, you know we'll we'll figure that out uh, at at some other point uh vibes Vibe. She feels she's vibes. playing somewhere. Yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's playing. She's playing pro somewhere. Uh, most likely. Just to round out the departures, uh, setter Maddie McKissick headed uh, headed to UCLA as a grad transfer. Uh, serving specialist Kayla Kaiser headed to Tulane as a grad transfer. Uh, Maddie Tippett uh, and Michaela Dowd both graduated. Uh, any other notes on some of the other departures, uh, Jake?
1: yeah um like i said i think the just the high quality play that you know it it was immediately obvious when brambia and dowd um were freshmen is kind of due to them being outside hitters you know that's a very uh splashy position right it's it's you're flying around you're you're making uh kills you're racking up a lot of stats but um uh in terms of mckissick i'm uh pretty sure that she's up there with one of uh uh tech's uh iron man uh style careers uh so don't uh don't sleep on that either so definitely want to make sure honestly all five of them like it it it's uh it's tough to see players go uh especially um you know when <laughs> when you've really enjoyed them uh playing and i think it's i don't know uh it it's gonna be interesting to see how the team goes on because this is this isn't a team as you'll see that's going to fall off, and and I think the the freshman additions, transfers in, uh, and, and really just the the players who are still here um, are, are really going to keep that moving going forward. And I think before we get lost in uh, the feels of man, remember when we won the NIVC? Remember when we went to the Elite Eight? They're they're not done yet, and I'm pretty excited for that.
2: I'll note when Kaiser was getting ready to serve every that's when you stopped to make sure you were watching as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most oh yeah, shot that you were going to see the whole match guaranteed. Um, And she, I mean, she, her, she wasn't acing every one of them. And because it was a very, it had to be, it was a very precise yet powerful serve. I mean, it was going to go out a fair number of times, but like you took that knowing that if it got in, the point was basically yours by that point, because it was ace.
0: It was an ace. Ace or ace. If it stayed in, it was, if it was an ace, basically.
1: So the, the, um, there, two falls in a row. I remember being really mad about post-season sports. Uh, the first one being going to the quick lane bowl. Obviously many of us thought we deserved a little bit better. Ah, yes. Bowl, the quick lane bowl. Trolling us on, on Twitter. Uh, but then the next year, uh, the, the team really um, rallying uh, for, I believe it was 14 straight wins, 15. They didn't lose from October onwards uh, to close out the year, including the NIVC. And uh, I think you know, we talk about that serve uh, Kayla Kaiser with uh, the team's metaphorical back against the wall down uh, two sets to one at NC state uh, at Reynolds Coliseum uh, was able to serve out for 10 straight points, uh, win the set and then, and then win the match in the fifth set, I think that's, um, you know, it's not, it's not a post memory, but that's, that's something, you know, shouting in the dorm room with my buddies, watching it on a, on a mediocre stream is, is something that will Uh, that'll last. And and I think that's a testament to just how uh, dominant that could be.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the additions to this squad. Uh, Cara Bianco comes in at Libero from Milton, Georgia, from BT, Blessed Trinity High School. And uh, Anna Bozy, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Boezi, thank you, uh, is your new right side hitter middle blocker uh, coming from Dayton, Ohio and Troy High School. They are joined by outside hitter transfers, Tali Marmon and Tamara Otene, uh, the first from UCF as a grad transfer and the second from Illinois State as a junior transfer in Jack, you got a chance to watch some of these additions in action yesterday at the Gold and White game. So I'm gonna pitch it over to you. Uh, What'd you think?
2: Um, Otane was the big standout for me. I was expecting it to be Marmen just because, I mean, she's played against us, a tall outside hitter like would fit the bill of being the compliment. Another compliment for Bergman, Um, but Otane showed. Now part of it may just been I also didn't go to the fourth set. There was three. They played at least four. I left after the third. Um, cause I was starving, but, uh, Oh, was, she, she showed a lot of versatility, uh, in those few sets and the three sets I was at, they made them, they had our, uh, coach Collier had them rotate out, who was playing with you every set. So it wasn't a set team in white set team in blue. They weren't, it was the golden white game, but they were the blue jerseys. Um, so everyone basically played with everybody. Um, yeah, no, they don't. Have, they don't have a white. They don't have a white and a gold jersey. So they, that's. They just. They did what they could.
0: Did they um, not? Did they not have a gold set in the new? In the new set of three? No, it's or just. Or did this, I miss
2: it? it? It's white and blue. Just white and blue. Um,
0: <sighs> but percent. yeah, no. Oh,
2: tonight was fantastic. I mean, marvin had some good had some good moments too. Also, keep in mind they're like four or five days into training camp, basically too. So like they are. I mean, I could tell even during warm ups that it's like okay, they are not up to mid season season speed yet in warm ups. Like there's, it's just you're. Very traditional first game jitters. You're just kind of standing there a little bit. It's, it, it, there's not much flow going on, um, which is to be expected of every team ever in your first preseason anything. So um, that's not a red flag at all. But uh, yeah, uh, and then uh, Boezzi was Boesie was the when I asked, uh, and this is kind of cheating on my interview that we'll put up and that they will be in a little bit um, with Coach Collier. But she mentioned Boezzi by name when I asked her about what she saw yesterday and the new new people, um, and so. If coach likes her, I feel like we should like her too, is my guess there.
0: Spoiler alert, Mr. Purdy. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. I wasn't going to tease that just yet. Um, Jake, we put together a probable starting 11, or at least a guess, starting 11. Starting 7. There's not 11 You players. watch too much soccer, my guy. I watch a lot of <laughs> soccer this weekend. A potential starting 7 for this season. Do you want to you wanna give us this so we can chat about it?
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, I, I think just after the Golden white game alone, it's a little bit uh, tough to, you know, divine out a potential starting seven, uh, given that there is a lot of substitution. You're, you know, splitting your team in half, all that good stuff. But in terms of, you know, uh, previous year's experience, uh, we saw... Obviously, Bergman, uh, the returning star of the team, Bertolino, uh, really ate up a lot of the uh, looks at outside hitter as well. So I expect those two to be, um, you know, out there complimenting each other. Uh, Otanay, big big vibes, uh, as we'll get into uh, in a little bit there. I'm excited to see her play. Uh, Honestly, did not get to tune in yesterday because I was out and about in the city, but uh, that should be good. And then we'll see... Uh, Moss and Morissette up the middle. Uh, the, the two of them have held that down, uh, for a full year. So I see no reason for that to change. And then, uh, et cetera, you got D'Amico and, uh, Libero, you got Pimentel. And that's, uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, the plug and play option, right? We saw both of them getting, uh, a lot of time last year and really kind of transcending uh, established starters there the uh, Mika, more of a spelling time for Maddie McKissick, but Pimentel really taking over as the year went on. So mm-hmm. uh, would, would definitely expect uh, to see them, uh,
0: you know, fully cement those roles this year. Uh, and Jack, you, based on your golden white game experience, you had some suggested subs, those first two ladies off of the bench.
2: Yeah. Drew got a lot of action yesterday. Um, slash had a fan club for those uh, cross country runners that were there with signs. It was very cool to see that. Um, but, uh, no, yeah. And got a lot of action. I mean, she's also a senior. Uh, so, I mean, I figure I mean, she's been, she's been around the block en- enough to at least get herself in the rotation. And then Marmon, I, I mean, she's also not for, not exactly just because she's one of the older ones on this, on the team, but she was also good at UCF last year. Um, Against Tech last year, she had the best stats of anybody on their on their oh. squad. Um, also, she's just really she's really tall. Um, like it, you could put out. I mean, it, if if Collier wanted to, she could just put out the tall lineup and just do that. Six um, two. Yeah, I, I
3: think
1: two, that'll, that'll that would, be helpful. Yeah, I think so, that'll be helpful.
2: She helps. She's really good, so she can be really helpful with just matchups. Also, just depending on who we're playing and what 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 uh what the situation calls for. Uh, but at the very least, it's she'll be. I mean, she'll be a reliable outside hitter. Windbury i got a quick
1: around. i got a quick question for you jack since we're on the white and gold recap vibes here i didn't see a box score uh i guess i shouldn't be too surprised because it wasn't a, a formal game but uh if you had to estimate um knowing o'keefe can seat 1200 uh what well, what would you put the attendance at because the pictures looked pretty pretty um, good from what i could see
2: at least 400 okay
1: that's, it, that's it, a great the start
2: section, the student section was like there was no one else in the band column um the middle section was uh eh, half full i mean it was yeah the student side was like well there weren't that many students there for one but also because not everyone's moved in um but like <laughs> almost no one yeah 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 the <laughs> alumni well freshmen are there but the alumni slash fam, the family was a lot of family members there like i saw a lot from aaron moss's contingent contingency like they had shirts and everything um cool. so and it was also free so like there was a lot of it's and that's on a Sunday afternoon. It was a good day for parents to bring their kids, so there's a lot of little ones out there as well. So, no, it was mm-hmm. it felt it felt at least half full. Um, mid 400 may not be the right number. Um, not that I was counting, but no, it 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 felt it, it for a practice game, it was very good, mm-hmm. very good. So,
0: I did look up the box score because there is one actually. Yeah. Um, there's really? not, it doesn't have the attendance, the attendance is listed as zero. But if you were interested in uh, effectively meaningless set scores. Uh, twenty-five, twenty-one, white; twenty-five, thirteen, white; uh, twenty-eight, twenty-six, gold; twenty-five, fourteen, gold. Uh, so okay. they split it, and they didn't play a fifth. So
2: didn't play a fifth, uh, and also people were just changing out uniforms and changing their teams. So there is no consistency on who won. Whatever, every everybody everybody <laughs> won, everybody <laughs> lost this time.
0: Cool. Yeah, it looks like (laughs) it literally looks like everyone played on on both teams. That's uh, that's a this is going to that's weird to look at.
2: Don't don't investigate that box score. Just just close it now.
0: Instead of looking at preseason games, we should talk a little bit more about the regular season schedule. Let's talk about the non conference first. I'm not going to make the UConn joke again because there is no UConn on this schedule. So I still guess it's a non con schedule anyway um we met went over some of the notables a couple of weeks ago but I'll read uh some of the notable non-cons off again uh Olmis, who finished in the first round of the NCAA tournament Illinois who made it to the third round uh Dayton was the Atlantic 10 champ and received votes in the final coaches poll they were in the second round of the NCAA tournament uh returning feature Ohio State uh, they were who Tech dispatched in the Sweet 16. BYU was the WCC champ uh, and also made the Sweet 16. Um, some others in the non-con: uh, Arkansas, Arizona State, and Athens as well. Jake, you you had a thought uh, about some of these conference matchups. I think we'll we'll swing back to it when we do a little bit more of a deep dive into Ohio State. But but I want to give you some time to walk this out
1: in terms of the ridiculous RPI uh gauntlet that we're gonna have, because it's gonna be a big one. Um yeah, for, for those absolutely. for those who are used to the uh I guess Tulane, Alabama State, Idaho State, these are all real opponents I can remember going to watch us play at <laughs> Oh, funny, do uh, I preseason uh you know um extravaganza this is going to be extremely different right i i think uh between all non-con teams we've got one two three four five um five yeah five teams a uh, couple conference champions uh we got uh, uh byu volleyball was part of their entire athletic department winning a national title and not losing a game for the entire month of november last year uh and then you've got uh Arkansas, UGA, and uh, Arizona State uh, rounding out, uh, I guess, the, the also-rans, if you will. Like, it, this is going to be hard. The I, I think this this has very real potential to
0: be the hardest schedule they've ever played. So, yeah. Oh, and, that's, and that's just the non-conference. We have not even talked about the conference schedule. But before we get there, Jack, you had, you had a thing?
2: Yeah, I'll highlight Ohio State uh, just as one of the – more no it's a notable power five team that we're gonna have to go up against and it's a nice uh reap it'll be a nice replay for them as well uh coming off i mean we're the we the last team ohio state played um they the we haven't mentioned that the the preseason poll came out today that tech is ninth so we're at te- this is the this is the highest preseason ranking tech's ever had ohio state is seventh um at this point and they will that will change because there's gonna be another poll and there's gonna be some polls in between when we play them eventually
0: um ah uh, yes Pl- putting out polls without uh actually playing games it's I very know, yes.
2: cool yes very interesting um but they finished 27 and 6 last year so uh same number of losses they were 15 and 5 in big 10 play and big 10 is a very comparable conference to the acc just in terms of overall depth so they're going to be facing a lot of the same problems and challenges we will in that their conference schedule is loaded and their non-conference schedule is loaded their first four game or last year they had they had wins against Washington, Purdue, Nebraska, Illinois, and Penn state all ranked at the time. Also a fair number of losses against ranked teams, including tech in the sweet 16. Um, Mac Pedro, Pedraza and Kylie Murr uh, are two of their standouts. They were, they made it to team USA's their, the college version of team USA for volleyball um, after the season. Um, and then Riley Rader and one, point, the two of them were all Americans. Um, and, in the end, for Raider, she came, she got, she was at her best against the best team. She had her career highest kill games against Penn State and Nebraska. So they're not a team to shy away from stuff. Um, but what's critical is that we are their fourth game on the schedule, and it'll be after they play three currently ranked opponents, which is San Diego, Louisville, BYU, and us. Uh, so they will, they'll, they'll get the taste, they'll, they'll get a hard taste before us. And they play all those games on the road as well. None of these are at home and we're on the last of that. So I that that is a good schedule. if there is a schedule lost in volleyball which I imagine there has to be because of the tournament format that there is sometimes um, when you pack a bunch of games to a weekend that's good. They play 14 times against ranked teams. They're going to they are RPI stacked like we are.
0: Yeah. yeah. One one point before I let you go, Jake, just to, because I'm obsessed with analytics. Uh 2021 for Ohio State, they were they finished 8th in Viper, right ahead of Georgia Tech in Ninth, uh, Mac Pedraza led the team in terms of win probability added with literally 20 wins <laughs> added <laughs> on <laughs> the way that she played in 104 sets. Uh Riley Rader was a second team, All-American per Viper, and Kylie Murr was a third team, All-American per Viper. They had the seventh hardest strength of schedule in uh, the country. So... They're they're putting together another challenge, another national title contention challenge here. Uh, Jake, what do you have on Ohio it's, State?
1: It's really just uh, uh, another another plank in the delightful spectrum of the Big Ten is actually building a volleyball conference, not a football conference. Changed my mind. Uh, between the UCLA and, and and USC additions coming in the future, uh, the Big Ten is the place to play volleyball, uh, which is. Uh, you know, that it, it's good good for them. Uh whoever wins that is gonna be um, you know, having having survived quite the quite the gauntlet. I, I think folding this into the Ohio State um discussion, it's worth noting BYU. We are playing them uh the the same weekend uh in Atlanta. Uh, but among those teams, BYU will p- play Louisville and Pitt. Ohio State will play, oh, sorry, that's BYU will play Pitt and Ohio State. Ohio State will play Louisville and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Pitt will all play each other. So I feel like that's a, a, an interesting thing to note in that, you know, you, you don't really see this quite extensive layering of the non-conference schedule. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely off base here, but uh, it it should mean that You know, we get a lot of overlapping data points among those five teams.
2: Yeah. Also, we have – we totally uh, made the schedule advantageous. Right now, it's listed we play BYU in that Georgia Tech Classic on Thursday, and they don't play again Mm -hmm. until today against Ohio State.
1: Okay. I like that.
2: (laughs) I think we have a home football game that Saturday anyways, so they might be just not playing Saturday just because that'd be not smart
1: yeah usually that's how they they split it up um i will say it's it's notable if we're going to take a little bit of a, a soft left turn towards the acc schedule having mentioned Louisville and Pitt obviously both final four teams but uh once again the acc schedule sets up to have Louisville and Pitt Pitt and Tech uh, and Tech and Louisville all having home and homes which the fact that it's happened two years in a row Indicates to me that someone is doing that on purpose, and I'm not exactly mad because, well, one we're playing Pitt and McCamish or McCamish, uh, and that should be excellent. But between those three teams, those have to be the the most intriguing uh games just to the, the casual fan and to the RPI, aren't they? Absolutely, like
2: I'll say, I, I would say we save that answer for Coach Collier.
0: Hey, fair, fair uh, enough, more fair spoilers, enough. more spoilers, but. It's it, th- those games are must watch TV. That's all I'll say. Like that kind of round robin situation is much watch must watch TV.
1: Yeah. Um, also rounding out the home and home uh, doubles up our Clemson and Florida state. Florida state uh, is a uh, perennial team. One of the historic conference powers uh, prior to the addition of half of the big East. So uh, just uh, worth noting that there, uh, we'll play the rest of the teams at least home. Or away, I think that sets me up for my little deep dive. I will talk about a team that we swept last year, uh, and that is uh, the University of Georgia uh, Bulldogs, uh, you know, Athens, all, all those delightful things. The, universe, can...
0: the University of Georgia at Athens and, is how we
1: refer to them. Jack, great work about Ohio State, right? He came in with stats and key wins and all this stuff. And, and I would like to present on UGA Vibes, uh, the state of the program. The team has been down for a while. Uh, they've only beat Tech three times this century. Uh, so in twenty uh, in twenty two years, uh, that is that is three wins. Uh, you can count them uh, if you want at home. Uh, I'm sure that's not at all parallel to any other sports. Uh, so no one asks about football anyways um like i said their team isn't bad even if they've kind of been a lower tier than tech in the past Uh, the sec is a league dominated at the top by a couple key teams kentucky florida and tennessee being your your usual top 25 teams the lady vols gators and uh, wildcats are all are all quite good uh but uh it's not a league that's risen quite as fast as the acc Uh, i think Uh, when it's all said and done Uh, their best win last year was number 38 Arkansas uh, and also they got a win over South Carolina a tournament team but I think it's more telling that they didn't get a lot of cracks at the top 25 Um, like I said this is more just vibes based Uh, I do want to revel in the schadenfreude of of being decidedly better than our rivals uh, in a sport uh, for a long period of time because that feels nice but um, just uh, something to put on the radar I know that not that the ACC surprised us last year per se, uh, but I think it definitely was uh, a cut above what it's been uh, in the past. And uh, I mean, if if we could do it in in the ACC, I see no reason why uh, the fifth Power Five team, uh, Power Five league, couldn't join uh, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the Pac twelve uh, as we have. So just just interesting, uh, I think, to keep an eye on the SEC writ
0: large this year. Oof. Before or one last thing on on Athens, uh, just to set up the, you know, what, just to give context on when where that falls in the schedule. That is the last game before the conference slate. Um, that is a 7 p.m. tip in Athens on September 17th. So that is the final sort of jump off point right before you get into the meat of the uh of the ACC slate.
1: Yes. And if if you do decide to go to Athens, uh, there's exactly one thing you need. uh, And it's it's not a ticket. You can get that at the door probably. What you need is great quality tech merchandise. Um, As we've said for, I think, three weeks now, uh, we are big fans uh, of Section 103 over here. um, And we feel that. With it being our volleyball preview, uh, it's only right to uh, shout out their featured design of the week uh, for our show being uh, the Point Tech Volleyball shirt. Uh, It's very crisp. uh, It's very nice, uh, clean logo. uh, And it's very clearly a volleyball shirt. Uh, You will not confuse it with any other sports. It's got a volleyball on it. And it says Point Tech, which uh, if you've never been to a tech volleyball game, is what they yell after every time. Somebody from tech scores a point. It's really great synergy. Uh, volleyball is a sport where a lot of the traditions make a lot of sense, uh, and that works in my brain really well. Uh, great shirt, uh, you know, same same uh, soft quality uh, apparel that you're going to get from them uh, no matter what. And, uh, of course, if you, uh, you know, do your, do your ordering uh, enough uh, that it's over 70 bucks, that's free shipping. So definitely keep that in mind as you prepare not only for volleyball but football as well. Uh, they do have a new design out. It is the up with white and gold shirt. Uh, it's also white. So, you know, a lot of uh, ways to get prepared for your white uh apparel uh, between football, volleyball, and just getting in the spirit. They've also got buttons out. I haven't seen them uh, in person yet, but uh, I presume that they're pretty good because the ATL logo is always sharp. Uh, in terms of plugs, find them at section103.com or on Twitter at section103. And that, Concludes our intermission and brings us to set number two.
2: All right, this is likely the second part of Signs of the Southland, episode one twenty-nine. I want to say I lost count after about one twenty-five. Um, but with us is the head coach of the Georgia Tech volleyball team, Michelle Acalier. Uh, thanks for coming on uh, this Monday morning.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, um, we had uh, yesterday was the scrimmage game. How did that go in your eyes?
3: Uh, It was great. I think it's always good to get out there in front of people, Uh, you know, just kind of that added pressure and and environment. I think it's nice for us to be able to see where we're at. I mean, we only had a week of practices, so obviously not a lot of time with with a lot of new players and players stepping into positions and things like that. So um, it's going to take a little bit more time for us to be where we need to be. But I think Mm -hmm. that we have a great group. And it's been, I think that yesterday really showed the depth of the group, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's good. There was a, a lot of solid players in every position. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to keep growing and developing the team and, uh, you know, see what, see how we finish the season here.
2: Yeah. How, uh, was there anyone that caught your eye? Maybe that you didn't, that you were like, okay, that was a little bit more than I was expecting to see today out of them.
3: Uh, no, I mean, I think everybody's doing a good job. I think that the, um, Anna actually, our freshman in the middle has really, um, really stepped up and uh you know just filled a void there we had an injury um late this summer uh to cali and um you Mm. know and i had to step in and be uh kind of fill in that third middle position and then kind of challenge brie and aaron in that position i thought she did really well um you know and she's responding really well especially for not having trained in the middle for for a while um so she it was nice to see that it was nice to see our transfers just uh be able to jump in and, and feel comfortable uh, you know, on the court right away. Um, I think that Bella, Nicole, Ashley and like our setters, did a did a good job. Um, it's been good to see just kind of their growth there and how we're gonna develop our new identity um without Matt here, you know, so that that'll be uh, just fun to see how that develops. And um yeah, no, we have a, a, a solid group of pens. You know, I think that every outside right side on our on our on our gym is playing well. Um, it's getting better, and uh, you know, I thought that Liz, Kara, uh, Paola did a good job in the libero position. We had some good defensive plays there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we, we we got lots of work to do. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but but I think uh, a great start. I think that we have a group that's um, committed and, and bought into the things, and they understand. What it takes to play at a level that we know we can play. So um, it was, I think it was a great opportunity. We were super happy with the turnout. We had lots of supporters here, so that was mm-hmm. fun to see. Um, you know, and it's. Uh, I think that it's something that we we have earned with the things that we, we've been doing lately. Uh, but we also understand that with that, it comes a big responsibility and pressure and expectations and um, having a chance to start to manage that um you know I think it's it's always nice to get a chance to do that before the real matches starts
2: yeah yeah no I mean the, looking at the schedule it's uh it's not exactly easy <laughs> but by, yeah, by I mean I forgot I <laughs> mean the team earlier, but like I mean what was your reaction when you saw that the first time you saw that or at least I assume you knew some matches were coming but now the full thing's there like what what's what's top of mind about it this year
3: yeah, no, uh, I mean, you know, as we're putting together our preseason schedule, um, obviously RPI was a big thing for us and we wanted to mm-hmm. maximize, uh, what we were able to build on last year and, and we wanted to get challenged, um, understanding that we lost some key players and, you know, there's going to be, uh, new adaptations. I think we also trust what we have coming back and that has been in our gym for, for a while as well, just in different roles, um. So, you know, we, we knew that we needed to, uh, I think that we want to be playing at home again, you know, at the end of the year and hosting. Mm-hmm. And so these things uh, requires a, a tough schedule, you know. And, and yeah. so we, we really had to build a schedule that would give us that chance to do that. And, and now we got to prepare and execute um, and see where it goes. But uh, we're definitely uh, going to have, going to be very challenged and uh, the teams that we played twice in our conference obviously with Louisville Pitt and and Florida State and Clemson uh, you know it makes it extra hard but uh, we've been getting that the little hard four matches uh, at the end there for a while from the ACC so no surprise there we're just uh, you know we just gotta get ready to play every match will be a battle um, but I think it's exciting it's exciting to be playing at this level and to be being challenged at this level, uh, you know, pressure is a privilege, and we're we'll, we're getting ready for it, so it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, do,
2: what then? See, we all were elite eight last year. Well, I mean, I, I imagine championships, the end end goal. But what else? Um, maybe within the team, are you hoping to get from this year?
3: Yeah, no. I think we just uh, we we just want to maximize our chances. You know, I think that we're going to have great opportunities. Um, I think that we have the talent. Uh, to maximize our schedule, uh, to do the things that we want to do. Obviously, ACC championships and continuing to be in the NCAA and and be amongst the best in the country is our goals, but we understand that, you know, we have to earn those and we have to execute. So we're mainly focused on the process and then doing the things that we can control in our gym uh, to get better, to be the best team that we can be. Uh, In our team culture, you know, just understanding that everybody plays a big role into the bigger picture um, and just keep getting better, and playing some good volleyball, and have fun out there. You know, I think that obviously the championships and the results will be a byproduct of the things that we're doing, but we're mainly focused on doing the right things behind the scenes so that we can, you know, we can get what we need.
2: Yeah, what a! The, the, I think the most exciting part when our crew saw the schedule was the McCamish game. Um, that it's like, yeah. okay, we don't. It fills up and it's great, but we know we could get more into a game. I, what was? I guess what was the process that got y'all to figure out that okay, we can do a game in McCamish?
3: No, I feel like our program needs to keep growing and it needs to keep evolving. Um, and I think that we have a great volleyball community here in Atlanta and and in Georgia in general. Um, I think Pitt's a great team, um, you know, so I think that the the volleyball community will respond to an opportunity to watch, you know, hopefully two great teams battle um, and get out there. And, and I do think, you know, as we develop the game and we grow the game, it's important to expose the game at, at different levels to maybe a different crowd that hasn't seen volleyball yet, that maybe McCamish, you know, will be, Uh, willing to come out and watch and uh, i think that we we got to do a great job promoting that game but our goal is to try to fill that lower bowl maybe get you know four or five thousand people there um to really make it a great experience um i do believe this sport brings that kind of opportunity i think that it's you know there are a lot of places where it's being Exposed and, and Atlanta is a big youth market. Uh, there is a lot of youth volleyball clubs. Uh, there's a lot of volleyball people in the area. Uh, Tennessee, you know, like all these surrounding states, are also um, growing. So I think it's a great opportunity. I hope that, you know, we, we do a great job marketing and people buy in and come support us um, because that could be the next step for our program. You know, it's we, we want to one day. Uh, win national championships here and in order to do that we have to keep growing and challenging ourselves. Um, O'Keefe is our comfort zone you know (laughs) but to be out there um, I know that I know that you know the Georgia Tech fans are going to respond to that they're going to be there to support us Um, so it's just a fun little different environment to be a part of and um, you know will help Mm -hmm. us will help us preparation for the next stage as we get to the NCAA too Um, you know we play in, in bigger places and so Um, all of that's going to be cool. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome that the administration bought into the idea and they're helping us um, make it a great day over there, Uh, you know, and we got to do our job here on the court, make sure we keep preparing and and get better. Um, And then I'm sure our fans will be behind us. So we're excited to to be able to provide a a bigger venue and and see if we can, you know, show the strength of the the game here.
2: No, I think I wouldn't be surprised if that gets – close to those numbers you were saying with four to five thousand like it's it's bustling it's busting at the seams even just on a normal game anyways especially last year so to get yeah. in there um for well sure. at least until tickets sell out and then once tickets sell out that's it but that that's the unseen the unseen part of like well how many would come that we're still yeah. that I trying to figure out which is really a cool experiment to run uh for sure <laughs> for sure um i want to talk about transfer stuff i mean now that the transfer portal is completely changed and it's nothing like it was three three four years ago I when I mean for getting players like Marmon and Otanay, is there like a do you have a general strategy yet of what you're trying to find when you're recruiting or if you're recruiting through the transfer portal
3: um no I mean I think right now one of the things that we're starting to do with with the younger classes is make sure that we stay in tune with every position (laughs) every player even though you might not need that player for that certain class eventually if they end up in the transfer portal you want to have some kind of background knowledge of them you know and kind of have kept up with them through the years even when they were in college so that i think at a a different dynamic to who we're looking at for each class, you know, and mm-hmm. obviously now we're having to look at more players than, Hey, we don't need a setter for the year. So should we not look at setters? And now it's like, you know, we, we, we got to be in the known of every recruit out there. Um, because as they go to to other programs and if they decided to transfer, um, you know, a lot of those are happening very fast. And so we mm-hmm. have to be able to make quick decisions, um, on that, so that has been one one of the i think intent dynamics that change with with recruiting um and then just kind of figuring out you know uh do we get a freshman or do we get a transfer what you know what are the give and takes there um obviously, if you can develop a freshman, you will have a little more longevity than a transfer, and you know right. they come in in your culture and you can kind of mold that a little bit easier, but transfers bring in. Um, you know a lot of them are hungry to play. they want that position they, they want that role uh, and they're also you know more experienced. so I mean I think it it's good and bad um, we 've gotten some great ones so that that has helped us. Um, I think yeah. Tam and, and tally um, are already making a big impact here they're they're doing a good job um, so for us it's been it's been good. You know, we have a little more of a challenge on the academic side to get them in um, and to also get them eligible. So it's not as a simple process as maybe some other schools have it. Um, So that can be something that that hurts us sometimes. But I think that we have a good system in place now that it's uh, it's been pretty efficient um, and we're able to really offer a lot of intangibles that other places don't. So I think we really, uh, as a group in general, as a department have learned how to maximize that and, um, mm-hmm. you know, how to take advantage of the transfer portal. Um, and, uh, you know, if that's what they're giving us, we got to get used to it and we got to make the most yeah. out of it. So I think that we've been adapting uh, to that and, uh, you know, just managing. So we'll, as far as uh, this year, was the first year that we really had, you know, that many, kids transferred and um that that come as an old older players like we had a few other transfers that are you know came in as sophomores um, before but so yeah it'll be exciting i mean even from day one i can already tell that they they have already made a big impact on yeah. our program and it's nice to have their experience and, and just um the you know their level of play and, and stack to the younger class that we have and really mm-hmm. um, just kind of be able to build a, a, a strong core group here of players.
2: Yeah. Do you, I guess, do, you, do you, are you anticipating the, uh, Tally and Tamara to fit into the rotations pretty normally going forward, or is that still to be seen with through the South Carolina? Yeah, game no.
3: I think everybody we bring into our gym, we anticipate them, you know, making an impact on the court eventually. Obviously, we can only play six at a time but um, they yeah. wouldn't be in our gym if we didn't think that they could come in and help us win matches at the levels that we're playing uh so yeah we expect them to be on you know to be on the court eventually Don't know exactly when why mm-hmm. how uh you know but but yeah i think any player that's in our roster i mean we're preparing them to be on the court and, and when they have to be there to be an impact and, and help us score points and win matches uh so mm-hmm. That's the goal, but they, yeah, Tally and Tim have already made a a big impact here, um, and it would be cool to see kind of how their role develops as we as we get a couple more practices underway here.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, they. I think when I was when I was over there, I was I was most excited to see them because I'd seen everybody else play that was yeah. from the rest of them last year, and I mean, tonight had a, a. I think there was a couple. She had a couple general pretty good spikes, but then a couple quick reads that were like okay there's something that there's, there's something there that will be more dynamic than I think some others will have generally had
3: um,
2: uh-huh. so far. So that was, that was really cool to see. Um, and then I really didn't realize how large Tally was too. Um, yeah, she's tall. Which is like, okay. <laughs> so we, can throw out, we can throw out the tall lineup maybe. Which is a fun, yeah. Fun we're little. definitely
3: very physical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're bigger. We're more physical. I think that they bring in good experience. Um, uh, different strengths than, than some of our other players, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just nice to have options.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, okay, let me shift to NIL because this stuff also is like in our brains, like, okay, where's the, where's the play here tech, as you were saying with transfer recruiting is in a weird spot. And so that kind of threads its way into NIL in some forms as well. Um, as a whole, what, how have you seen the introduction of NIL impacts I guess maybe the day-to-day running the team or what you're seeing from the players or how they're using their time a little bit differently in the last year or so?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, it's, has had some impact. I haven't seen a drastic change, um, on their behavior, uh, on their work ethic or commitment mm-hmm. to the things that they were doing. What the things that we can control, you know, with our training yeah. or their recovery or, um, But I do think that our, obviously our program has had a big shift from, you know, just being a good program to being a great program. And I think that our players understand the responsibility um, and the professionalism that it needs to come with that, Um, you know, but I think that it, that that also that helps them with NIL and these things as the the better they prepare themselves and they perform, um, the more opportunities I think they're going to have to be exposed to, to great deals of, of things outside, um, volleyball and to just be role models, um, you know, to younger players and and be able to continue to impact the game, which for us, it's, it's always something that we talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. it's how do we continue to impact and lead, um, and in different ways, you know, everybody, uh, has different ways of leading. So we have had, um, you know, different roles of players kind of have an IL deal. So it's not always just the players that are scoring points, um, there are a lot of players that are doing a lot with the community. They are doing a lot within the athletic department, you know, they're getting opportunities like that as well, um, mm. to be part of NIL opportunities and to continue to develop them, themselves and their brand. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's neat. I think that it's, it's a good thing, obviously, you know, there, there are the extreme cases, uh, but I think generally has been a good thing and, uh, I think we know it's an important part, but we, we don't want that to be the focal reason why they're playing or competing or coming here, um, mm-hmm. because we feel like what we have to offer is, is bigger than the money. You know I think that the lessons and the things they're going to learn here, they're not going to be very you can't really put a price value um, yeah. into those things. You know? So we want players that, that understand that and value. Uh, I think just the environment, the opportunity that they're having, and they understand the impact that that can bring to their lives. But at the same time, you know, helping them maximize what's out there for them um, with NIL. And I think that those are things that as a department, uh, we continue to get better and better. Um, And for me as a coach too, you know, it's how do I develop my staff and how how do we transition into this new thing and how do we help our players create opportunities um, and maximize yep. some of this stuff. So it's been good. Uh, it's been good. I think that it hasn't been anything crazy on our end, but it. But they've gotten some good deals, and um, I think for us, it hasn't impacted what we do. So that has been great to see. You know. Yeah,
2: that's cool. I I never was. I was never at the point where I could play in NCAA ball, but I, that would have thrown a wrinkle if I had gotten there. I'm like, I don't know what I would have done yeah there, that would have put me so it's, been, it's been fascinating to watch and see how this how it just uh, off the field like you know, who shows up in my instagram feed one day i'm like oh okay they got that sponsor or whatever it's like okay yeah. it's a it's a fun little side piece to just I, I guess watch i don't know it feels like it's watching you're watching e-network on my instagram feed of <laughs> but it's fun to see um this was a question from one of our uh more. I was a business major, and so I, I, the uh, the analytics and stuff was not my strength, but of our analytical writers, uh, they did want to uh-huh. ask, if there was, do, do y'all incorporate data at all into your prep, or is there any serious analytic uh, analytics focused things y'all are doing when figuring out maybe best lineups or how you're approaching, especially with a lot of good teams this year, how you're going to approach those games?
3: Yeah, no, I think um, we use the numbers to, I think, revalidate what we're seeing um Mm -hmm. i don't know that we use i think that we first make our decisions and then we go back to the numbers and be like hey this is really what we're seeing or can they tell us something else that we might not be seeing and i think most of the time they're pretty in line with what we're seeing so that's a good thing um Mm -hmm. you know i think obviously there's a there's a lot of other things that impact the game besides just the result of what it's being stated so i think that we um I try not to base my decisions on stats. Obviously stats are important, um, but, you know, you, you I think that they're usually in line with what you see. And then I also think that we have to see a lot of other small things that maybe for somebody that doesn't have the critical eye or that hasn't been used to to the sport, you know, they might not be as black and white, right? So those are things that we try to do. Obviously, we use it for scouting a lot. We just try to understand opponents' rotations or player tendencies and things like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, to just kind of... But again, I think most of the time to double-check, well, hey, is this really what we're seeing? Uh, yes, yeah. that makes sense. Um, it hasn't been too many occasions where we're like, whoa, this number says this, but I'm really not seeing this. Um, yeah. You know, so so we... We use it. Obviously, we have a, a stats program. Uh, I think that we use a lot of data and stuff for recovery, uh, you know, just kind of managing their, their workload, um, the impact on their bodies, you know, how they're. So our strength coach uses a few different metric metrics to help us, um, I think, from a performance standpoint, just keeping them healthy and fresh um and, and then managing what we do in practice i think that we use a lot of analytics for that more than mm-hmm. i think we're using for for match play um, and maybe that's just a particular thing I mean, it, it, it's you know i didn't really grew up with tons of numbers and i i think that the the game is very well connected emotionally to within the players and it's a very small space um so you got to have a good feel for what's going on besides just the numbers. Um, yeah. and I think that we have a good balance of that. You know, obviously we're not gonna throw away the numbers because they tell us something, um, but I think that it's it's not. I think the focal point on how we base some of our decisions.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that yeah, it's not it's not like baseball where you got a few thousand square feet of area to like focus on and you can bit yes. more specifically. It's a very fast game. Um, yes. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I guess I guess if you could measure someone's quick reflexes, that might be where you get something. But that's so mine, so so tight of something that it's just like, well, okay, you can. Yeah, see, no, can those see.
3: are definitely things that we'll try to, and we're always trying to find ways to, you know, what else can we do? or How can we measure certain things? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are always things we're trying. Their reaction time, right? Or how quick they yeah. can be off the ground. Um, you know, all these things are they, they would be helpful uh for their development and performance, right? So those are things yeah. that were we have a few things that help us with that, but uh, but most of the time we haven't digged in. So if you have anybody in analytics that wanna jump in and, and uh <laughs> show us some stuff, tell them tell them they're more than welcome to come come see me. If they right. have any ideas.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Um only a couple more here. What for I guess this backs this this piggybacks off the McCamish game stuff. But if there's people that are out there that know that picked up maybe last year, like, oh wait a second, Tech volleyball is our, is probably the best sport in terms of performance on Tech's campus right now. Um, but they just don't know anything about volleyball; didn't grow up with it. They're still trying to learn the game. What what would you say is the is there something they should key in on if they wanted to start watching Tech volleyball this season?
3: Uh, I I think one one of the most fun parts of watching the game live, it's just how physical um, Mm -hmm. it is, you know, I think that you say, oh, girls volleyball, and then they're like, oh, you know, they kind of picture what they've seen in movies, maybe, Um, you know, but when you see it in real life, I mean, these are legit athletes, you know, elite athletes who are working really hard. um, And they're performing at a very high level. I mean, just the fact that, you know, for example, somebody like Julia was able to, train here and then transition her game, you know, to an an international stage against the best players in the world. And, you know, be a standout player at that level really says a lot about what we're doing here and how they're playing, you know, even at the NCAA level and the ACC. Mm. And I mean, it's it's a great level of the sport. Uh, It's a really hard sport to play really well. It's not a simple sport. you know, so those are all things that that as you continue, I think as you see more and more, you start to to appreciate more. But it's it's quick, you know. Every play is a point, so that's fun. They get points all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's just and it's it's a sport that you know it's in a very small space. There's a lot of people, so communication, having to be in sync, like these things are really. Um, they're really hard to do. I mean, they might look simple when you're watching them, but they're they're really hard to do it well, you know, at, yeah. a, at, a, at a high level. Um, and I and I just think our environment is awesome. So I I I mean I I doubt that there is anybody that comes to watch a match and then goes back and it's like, oh, well, I'm never coming to this again. Like <laughs> there is no yeah. way that they come and they see it and they're not excited about the next match, you know. So I yeah. think it's just a sport that needs to get i think in the us it doesn't get the exposure that it needs especially it's it's the most played in high school you know the the club tournaments are insane so i mean the viewers are there the population is there um playing the sport so it needs to be put out there more i think for people to see and be more exposed um but i do think that anybody that comes to watch it live um really understands how how fun it is you know it's it's yeah. it's dynamic um there's a lot going on um you know and it, and it's a simple game i mean you don't have to know all the rules so you, you got to know and ball hits the yeah. ground the other team scores keep the ball yeah. from hitting the ground <laughs> you know and then <laughs> and then you keep it moving uh, but obviously uh you know i think that it, it's a great environment and when people come watch i think they're all coming back and. You know? You know, we're running out of space, so then we come back. So we need to continue to, you know, continue to grow it and and expose it. And, um, you know, the AC network has been helpful, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot more we can do here to market the sport and and to expose it. But I do think it's something that people really can get can get hooked on uh, once they watch it live.
2: I would tell them try to stand in front of Bergman hitting a ball and then think, and then think about it later. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's um, like, Oh, why didn't you dig this? I mean, you see Bianca hitting yesterday. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah. 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 No, Bianca was, yeah, she was great yesterday. There, there was couple, I was like, oh, we got all of that. Well, I mean, all of that one. So no, was great. Um, last question. Do you like the new uniforms?
3: Oh, I love them. I think they're great. I think they were, the girls were excited about them. Um, again, I just think it's, a, it's an evolution of, of how our game is going. You know, our, our players are physical. They look great in it. Uh, they work hard to look great in it. So I think that for them, it's cool. I think it really helps mobility-wise as well. You know, their arms are, are, are free to move, and they're, they're a little more flexible. Um, they just look, they look good. They feel good in them. Um, I thought Adidas did a great job. Um, on the details of the things that they work with us on and that we wanted to do. We wanted our core values in there. We wanted certain uh, things, um, mm. you know, and we wanted some traditional things uh, from George Tech. So we, you know, we brought some things back and kind of um, yeah. just made them a little more exposed. And so yeah, and they they look great. They, it was they were very well accepted by the girls, and I think that that's the number one thing. Is we yeah. we want them to be fired up when they see them, and it was a good response. So, um, seems like everybody else enjoys them too, like them. So we're hopefully we can we can play as good as we look, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did a was the honeycomb <laughs> pattern y'all's idea, or did Adidas come to y'all with that?
3: Oh, I think it was a collective idea. Uh, Jill, our director of operations, was was working hard on, on the designs, um, was overseeing some of that stuff with her. They helped us do our, our one for Brazil, and that was like a big hit yeah. on our team. Uh, you know, when we did those, uh, they really loved them. Uh, so we were like, oh, let's just, you know, get some for this year as well. Like this sleepless um, seems like it's something that we ha- we got good response from the girls on. So we just wanted to, do it differently it looks like the material is a little different too so it's a little lighter um and so for them it feels like there's a lot of them that sweat a lot so it's it dries quicker and and things like that and doesn't stay uh you know so all those things were a plus um, for them so yeah it was exciting we were grateful that they they did a good job collaborating with us on that and we we came to a great solution so it's cool
2: nice yeah that's that's good to have knowing that O'Keefe can get a little, uh, a little warm. You, in know? It, yes. you know, yes. Which I think that adds to the, to the fun of it, that you just feel like oh, you're, yeah. you know, by the end of it, it, it just makes it better. Uh,
3: Part of the environment.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Um, that is all we had. I really appreciate you. Cool. Of course. The and we'll be, we'll be at one of our hosts, Jay, Keep bought season tickets so he's going to be there all the time. I'll get there as, whenever I can get in there. Cause it's, of the fun, most fun experiences tech has to offer. And oh,
3: thank a- you. Anyway, we appreciate you guys' support and talking about it and the exposure. Thank you for helping us just grow it out there and make more people aware of the great things that we're doing here. So thank you so much.
0: Welcome back for set three, folks. This is Scions of the Southland. Uh, after listening to that interview with Coach collier uh let's talk about some narratives to follow for this season of volleyball to kick off set three mr purdy you have the con for number one uh what are you what are you looking for this year
2: i mean getting back to the tournament again for sure i mean that's that's important stuff right there uh to, that i think i mean i asked i asked this to I mean, as we just listened to like i asked Kali, like, all right, obviously the title is the spot. And like, did, I didn't feel like I needed to like get her to say that. Cause I'm like, duh, we're good enough to get there. So I think that's, that's, that's what we got to do. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how Bertolino fills in whatever gap is there um, that Brambia left. Like, how does, what, what percentage is that actually to be all her? Is she going to make, I mean, also she was a freshman last year. Like she's just a sophomore. Like who the, like she could make a massive leap. And I didn't even mention earlier, like she was also a standout at the white and gold game as well. Uh, and so I, I think she if you're going to point out one person to make a leap, um, I, mean, I think Bergman could. But she's already so darn good that I'd be like, all right, let's let's look at Berta down on here.
0: Mr. Yep. Grant,
1: I think uh, we're going to have a lot of games where we can uh, define ourselves define our season uh, to get great reps. And there's going to be six games against top 10 teams. That is more than last year. So if your ex- if your expectations versus last year are higher, just note, it's also going to be harder. Uh, but yeah, six games against top 10 teams and keep in mind, there are only nine other top 10 teams because we are a top 10 team. So not only uh, do we have the quality that we had last year, but the expectations start higher because uh, you know, people have seen what uh, tech can do. And I think, uh, it it should be pretty telling uh there'll plenty of opportunities to make statements to get statement wins and and get the new
0: folks in the rotation as well uh and pick up where they left off uh i'll add uh those were both of those were great by the way i'll i'll add something i want to see is how plug and play this scheme is right i know we didn't talk a lot of tactics And we're not a big volleyball tactics people. I don't think we understand the game at that kind of level, but I want to see how some of these transfers, some of these freshmen just slot into positions where they were like historically great players for this program, right? How does um, tomorrow Tene or Tally Marmon fit into that outside hitter spot? That was um, Mariana Barbias? How does, uh, Isabella Dibico play more time uh, do with more time at the at the setter position right how is this really a plug and play scheme is this something that we're looking forward to just being like these players are of similar quality kind of deal uh and we can and it's the unit that's better or is it about individual performances within that unit so that's what yeah. i'm at least looking for as we uh as we project Out into the year. But to wrap up set three and our sweep, let's ask ourselves the same final question as Jack did, Coach Collier. And Jack, I'll turn this on you first. Why, if you are a neutral, if you are someone that doesn't follow tech volleyball, if you're a freshman on campus, why should you watch this team?
2: This is the best team on campus in any sport we have, flat out. Uh, if you want to see the best we have to offer, it's going to be this team. And it's not particularly close in my mind, um, considering departures of last year's, some departures of last year's seniors. Um, I mean, that's shown by the fact that they wanted to get a game in McCamish and they got it, too. And that the administration is behind mm-hmm. them. Like, yeah, let's let's push this stuff. Let's get this good. Um, and I mean, Coach mentioned, like, she know, talent pool is great in Atlanta. Like, this is how you make yourself bigger. This is how this is how we get better in the future. Um and so I, I do think that this year we'll be able to we'll be able to carry the success of last year and still re and reinforce it with another good team this year. Um and we have continuity because Berlino was a freshman and was in theory we'll be here the whole way and assuming she doesn't transfer. Uh and so yeah, I think I think if you're on campus or if you know someone on campus, uh this will be and the the, the 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 part the popularity of volleyball will be brand new and the accessibility of it via the McCamish game will be huge because there's a shot if the marketing campaign works they're going to fill the lower bowl they're going to get to 5000 people
1: hey i i would cry tears of joy so i, I think my point uh is, is kind of related to that um you know you, you can fold in um campus popularity to also more general popularity right um the the, the thesis statement here for me is that it's easily accessible both by price and entertainment value, right? As as an alumnus of tech who still lives in the area in, in Atlanta, um, my, my friends, uh, my, you know, uh, associates, uh, these are people that I can go and say, hey, um, you know, I've, I know you're not that into volleyball. You've never seen the game, but it's cheap. It, it's not hard to get into. Uh, associates yeah i know i know it's a weird wording actually i see your face but uh it, it's it's cheap it's not hard to get into the game right uh I, I think this all solidified in my mind when when coach said you know every action ends with a point right you, you know it's there's no dull moment everything matters everything builds um and, and i think that is valuable um I, I i say this as somebody who had never uh seen more than i think one game of volleyball in my life tv or live or otherwise uh, when I got to campus and, uh, and, and that first game, my, uh, my freshman year was, uh, was a UGA, uh, volleyball game. Um, we won in five sets and, you know, it's, it was something that even me as a freshman, not really knowing what was going on, I could follow the traditions, uh, obviously it's free for students, but it's not too much more, uh, pricey, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, you know, folks who are interested, uh, you know, events or or even families, right? And and I think that's that's pretty telling. Um just to tie it back into that, I was uh listening today to the most recent Dead Letters uh Patreon podcast for Split Zone Duo. It's on Nebraska. No free ads. I pr- I promise this is related, uh but the guest they had on interviewing talked about how difficult it was to get um, Nebraska volleyball tickets, right? They were so good for so long. It was inaccessible, even as somebody who was a kid growing up in, in Nebraska and liking the sport. And this is the kind of culture we have the ability to build at tech, right? There is nobody for miles that can touch us, uh, right now, uh, in terms of quality, uh, in terms of access to recruiting internationally and domestically. Um, when I say entertainment value, I mean that I think this can only get better and, you know, they're, they're going to fill McCamish, uh, they're going to fill O'Keefe, uh, and, and it's going to make for, for great, uh, you know, energy and, and, you know, crowd access. And, and it's something that, you know, families and, and friends, and even, you know, the, the people that you work with, you can say, Hey, um, uh, you know, if, if, if you need something to do on maybe not a Friday night, that's a little bit of a tough sell for for some people, but you know, Sunday afternoon, one PM, come down to Midtown, a lot easier to get there too. So
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a it'll be it'll be a good time. Also just want to thank Kali Coach Kali for coming on. She did not have to when we asked for someone to talk to. I was not expecting
0: because we would get Coach
2: Kali to say yes. Jack was
0: very surprised.
3: <laughs>
2: And, uh, and and we got coach. Uh, and I mean, if you, if you got this far, you heard that she's that, that, uh, I mean, she, she wants the visibility. And so, and we are happy to oblige because uh, they are extremely entertaining. So I just want to thank,
1: thank also TJ Strickland for setting it up. Absolutely. Tell your friends, tell your friends
0: about volleyball,
1: do it. No free ads, uh, but Jake, tell your friends about
0: volleyball. <laughs> Jake, for the adults in the room, uh, how much were volleyball season tickets?
1: Uh, it's uh seventy bucks was my renewal this year per seat, but I doubled the amount of seats I bought over last year, so no regrets. Woo! Um, but uh, fill the building. It's uh, tw- it's like twenty home games for seventy bucks. That's
0: yeah, one it's of the 50.
1: best deals you'll get in in the entire city. Uh, it's like 50 50 bucks a seat. You got kids.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Easy peasy. Thank you again to Coach collier and TJ Strickland for setting up that interview. Thank you, Jack for doing that interview as professionally as we like to be on this podcast, or at least as much as we like to think we are, uh, gentlemen, any other final notes on volleyball, their season, uh, any other stuff that we've talked about today?
2: I would like to talk about the games now and not the theoretical outcomes of these games. That's all. That's where I'm sitting. I
1: so much so close. It's so close. I I would like to, uh, be able to happily and peacefully uh, move away from being all like, Oh, all these memories. And like, you know, we're going to, we're going to have new new players that we see and, and new games that stand out in our minds. And uh, you know, that's, you know, it doesn't make the old ones less special or anything like that, but it's, it's exciting. Cause I, I, I mean this, I, I don't try and oversell teams here on the podcast. We, we try and call it straight. This is a team that really has a lot of potential this year and, and, and a lot of uh, A lot of room to to grow even from what they did last year. High floor, high ceiling. I think that
0: about sums it up, huh? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I think that's about it for us today. Mr. Grant, you have the con. Take us home. All right. Uh so you guys know
1: this if you listen regularly and if you found us, you know where to find us, but uh tell your friends, rate review uh wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh it really does mean a lot for us uh, you know, uh let's get out there. So tell your friends and you know, if you do have comments, questions, topic ideas, uh you can email us at uh from the rumble com. You can comment on the website that's from the com. Every podcast goes up with an article uh and you can uh recommend uh comment uh, and all those good things share uh that as well uh and on twitter you can find us at f t r s blog on the twitter uh we uh we do man that pretty actively so uh you know any feedback you have um and, and want to send us there we are definitely open to that and then you can find myself and jack on twitter uh personally as well I'm at jake grant ninety eight he's at jack uh for Akshay and jack uh this has been scions of the southlands. Volleyball Preview. Thanks, good night, and go Jackets.